Hey Zed Heads, welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Karen. This is the Walking Dead cast episode 250. Woo, 250. 250. We have a special guest this week. It's Karen. <laughs> or Jason, whatever. <laughs> or Jason. All right, no special guest. Um, anyone who is new, we might have new listeners coming on right now. I want to welcome you guys. And Welcome. Karen, how would you describe us to the new listeners? Uh, pretty goofy. We talk about zombies <laughs> yeah. and, and uh, end of explanation. That's pretty much it. I mean, when we started out the podcast, my, I always had in mind, we are fans of this show and we're trying to enhance your experience of it. So our goal is not to nitpick the hell out of it. It's to just point things out and find out insights and things we think is cool. But, you know, if something really stands out as ridiculous, then we won't hesitate to point that out either. And this and year, Karen time. hates the show, so it's shifted a little bit. <laughs> oh, God. You, if you keep listening, you will see that is not true. <laughs> okay. Entirely. <laughs> not entirely. So I, before we get started on this week's episode, I want to make a quick announcement. So we're part of a network called Podcastica. We have two new podcasts. I kind of announced one of them last week, but I want to say again, it's called A Face Project. A Face Project. And that's a podcast and print magazine featuring stories told by people from around the world that broaden our understanding of the human experience. So this girl, Natalie Jennings, she travels around and talks to really interesting people in this country and outside of the country and just gets to know all about them. And usually they have something um, particularly interesting about them, but they're not, you know, celebrities necessarily. They're people from everyday walks of life. And she Fantastic. does a really good job of making it like a story, you know, and making yeah. it out of it. Oh, that's fantastic. Check it out. Go to podcastica.com to check that out or afaceproject.com. The other one is something that I, uh, it's my podcast. I have another podcast right now. Because <laughs> you need another one. <laughs> yeah, I need like 10 more. This is a <laughs> crossover with the Bald Move Network. Which I'm sure a lot of you have heard of because they have a great Walking Dead podcast called Watching Dead. It's Jim and Aaron. And so I've been wanting to work with them. So I got them to agree to do a podcast with me. It's about Legion, this new show on FX that's about this schizophrenic mutant. <laughs> and <laughs> it's played by Dan Stevens, who was yep. Matthew Downton Crowley Abbey. on Downton Abbey. The showrunner yep. is Noah Hawley, who did Fargo, which I love the last. Yep. Uh, he did two seasons of that show. And one episode's come out and it was a total trip and chaotic and kind of a mind fuck. And it's like prestige TV mixed with superhero TV. So uh, oh, it was really good. Sounds right up your alley. Yeah. I can't wait to uh, watch it. Yeah, I, I'm curious to, to hear what you think about it. I don't know exactly what to think yet because it was so... Uh, 
it was one of those shows where you don't know what's real or not. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. What uh, night is it on? Wednesday night on FX. Wednesday, okay. Mm-hmm. Thanks. And with that, let's get into this week's stuff. Attention shoppers, Deadcast Top 5 in 5, 4, 3, 2. All right, it's our Deadcast Top 5 this week. It's Top 5 Highlights for Season 7, Episode 9, Rock in the Road. Rock in the Road. Was that a Bible so. story that he was telling? Probably sounded right? like a sounded like a Bible story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When um, I you know I'm not a student really of um the Good Book, but it really had that ring of Bible story. A parable, to it. yeah, yeah. Although I don't know if stories in the Bible you win by getting a lot of gold. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know, right, right. And humility. and in in this case, um, uh, are they going to win by killing a lot of people? And do you think the Bible wanted that? <laughs> just, just well, there's certainly a lot curious. of uh, religious people who would <laughs> who would say yes. <laughs> Apparently, given all Before the religious go, wars, wow, we're getting really into it. Now. Pretty quickly. <laughs> Before we get too deep, yeah, down that road. Um, what do you think of it overall? I liked it. Yeah, I was I, I was hoping that we would get into it and it would be a nice light change of pace. Yeah. And it was fun and it was funny. And there was a couple things I really didn't like about it. But for the most part, I did. I, I'm a little concerned that. I mean, it was very predictable. So that's one thing that I, I don't want to see a half season of Rick trying to get everybody rallied and then a big fight at the end with no twists and turns. I thought there are plenty of things that were unpredictable about it though. Okay. And we'll get into that. Well, what'd you think? Overall, I liked it Mm -hmm. very much. I thought it was good. Um, It was great to see our group together and they're all, you know, rallying for the common cause. But I thought there were a couple interesting little twists and turns, which we're going to talk about. Oh, good. And and even a mystery setup. I was I wasn't really watching. I was like paying attention to the basketball game at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Big fat. Okay, who won? I don't even know. Was there a game? Uh, (laughs) All right. What's your number five? Liar, liar. Okay, so my number five was, yes, The Walking Dead is back. Mm -hmm. It was nice that it's returned. It's the first um, episode of of this next season. So it's always fun when we're back in season. I Mm -hmm. always, you know, it's kind of why we started this podcast. It's because of this show and it's back. Um, I love that it went back to things that I really like about The Walking Dead, which is um, I felt like there was momentum. I felt like it was great. We had group interaction, which was, it's always, you know, one of my favorite things is all of the characters interacting together. They went to multiple locations, um, and they're working for a common cause, and it it felt like they're they're building towards something, and it, it felt less wheel spinning than last mm-hmm. the last um, half of the season. They went to a lot of different places. They went to I, I made a list: Alexandria Hilltop and uh, Kingdom, then outside the sanctuary, kind of on the outskirts of the sanctuary, then back to Alexandria, and then to the boat. That's a lot of locations. I mean. 
some of the episodes, if you'll recall, from the last half of the season um, sort of were in one particular location. Plenty of them were in one location. So it was nice to have all those different locations. So I really enjoyed it. It was fast paced um, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, I liked it. Yeah. And and I don't I mean, I wouldn't necessarily for me personally say that an episode taking place in one location is in and of itself inferior. Yes. For example, like the right. episode with Carol, <clears throat> where she was stuck with the savior women and she yeah. ended up burning those guys in that kill room. Yeah. Yeah. You like that one, right? Yeah, I actually did. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but you're right. It felt the pacing was nice on this one. Yeah. Yeah. They jumped all around, but they handled that really well. So I agree. Okay, my number five is, I kind of mentioned it already, but the episode had this kind of optimistic and light tone. And and I love when the show varies the tone like that. And we, when you have so much uh, just seeing Rick beaten down and everybody being humiliated, and then an episode like this comes along, it's like, refreshing you know it's like yes you just went on this long marathon and now you get to sit down and take a shower and just relax <laughs> or something like that yeah. it feels good <laughs> um, but you know i like the marathon too but uh here there was a theme of smiling michonne yeah. told rick you can smile now we're alive right. we can do this after uh they made it through all the zombies in the clothesline thing <laughs> yes um jesus said to richard you know richard i've never seen you smile i think that's going to change today i like that that's yeah. a good line and then yeah. rick rick smiles at the end spoiler alert and, and so i think the whole um if anybody is listening to this and you haven't seen the episode yet, you should definitely go watch it. <laughs> and then come back to us. <laughs> and then go back. Um, I think the whole thing, uh, uh, it, I think it's sort of telling us we can, we can smile now too. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. But at the end, so just speaking of that, why do you think Rick was smiling at the end? That is a great question. I think. Um, what do you think in the moment? In the moment, I thought that he saw, although he was surrounded by people pointing guns at him, Mm -hmm. I think he probably thought to himself, oh, my God, this is amazing. Uh, Look at all these people. Look at all these weapons. We can use all of this. All we have to do is convince them, which, you know, it's kind of harder than it it looks. And maybe and maybe that's what he was smiling about. Maybe is that what you thought right, right off the bat? Off the bat, yeah, that's okay. exactly what I thought. I, I thought either he recognizes someone, then I thought, no, uh, there's nobody who looks familiar in this group. Either he recognizes somebody, or he thinks, oh, good, um, people and and weapons, and I need both of those things. I think he saw T Dog. <laughs> Just <kidding. laughs> T Dog. Cool. Hey, T Dog, what's up? No, um, <laughs> I think yeah, I think it's the same thing. I my first thought was, oh, he sees Gabriel. Maybe Gabriel's there. But that wouldn't make him smile. Well, like, it might um, be because... All these people are pointing guns at me. <laughs> well, yeah, but then he might think, oh, look, someone I know is with these people. And then what you said, uh, you know, we can, you can get them on our side. Because, you know, you sort of wonder what happened, what the hell was going on with Gabriel. But I don't want to get on that yet. I think either way, yeah, it, it, it seems pretty clear that he 
feels like, oh, this is an opportunity to get some soldiers on my side, which totally reminded me of a certain character in Game of Thrones who just happens to run into soldiers for his or her army all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder who you could be talking about. (laughs) Um, (laughs) As far as other, uh, you know, lightness and optimism, the kingdom, just the place of in and of itself, it Uh feels like a nice little, you know, it's like Portland, Oregon or something. It's a nice little community. (laughs) There's people, you know, doing crafts and archery and then there's the soldiers jogging and there's long panning shots across nice gardens and everything yes and there's a lovely guitar music yeah playing in the background and uh those by the way those runners uh those those runners just keep running around and around and around and around. <laughs> Did you notice ever. that they were in a bunch of scenes? It was hilarious. The next day, the runners came again. Yeah. I'm like, let those poor people stop. <laughs> They're like, by the <laughs> end. <laughs> um, and I think the kingdom is amazing. Yeah. It's a place unlike any other we've seen in The Walking Dead. It's the closest yes. to civilization coming back. Yeah. And, you know, they lay it on, they lay it on a little thick. I mean, the guitar music, the gentle guitar playing, it was almost like it was harps. (laughs) I wasn't (laughs) sure if that was supposed to be somebody there. I don't think it was supposed to be somebody there playing guitar. I think that was just background background music from Bear McCreary, but. Maybe it was. I mean, they didn't. Somebody. they could have like shown some dude laying back being fed grapes or something. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Playing, playing a lute. (laughs) <laughs> and I don't know if this counts as light and optimistic, but it was nice to see the reunion with Morgan and Rick. Yeah. And they see Morgan and he tells them all about Carol, which is cool. Like in sometimes. Well, what? He he didn't tell them all about. Carol. What? How, now, didn't Carol end up taking off? She's in a house like next door. I thought she left. Let's see. I know. Carol. Um. Listens as Richard reveals his fears to her and Morgan. Da, da, da. Carol refuses, saying she doesn't want to be involved and insists on being left alone. Oh, no, you're right. Richard dejectedly leaves. Carol tells Morgan to leave, too. She forbids him from telling anyone where she is. So Yeah. yeah. So back to what you said about, about Morgan telling them about Carol. He does tell them about Carol, but she, he keeps his agreement with her. Yeah. And he doesn't tell them that she's, you know, she's right over there. She's about, <laughs> she's about a 15 minute walk in the mm-hmm. forest on that road right there. And she gets visits all the time from us and she hates it when we come over, but we keep coming over and bringing her fruit. <laughs> yeah. But I like that he told her what happened and that he told, you know, I mean, he told them and he told them that he killed that guy. I killed him. Yeah. And yeah. it was like, I had to, but he wanted them to know that. And they weren't really celebratory about it because it's a grave thing to have to kill somebody. But I'm sure everybody's glad to know that Morgan will take care of business if it means if he has to. saving a life, you know, saving right. a life. So Although that was cool. uh, when, when he was asked by the king, um, what, say, what say you, uh, yeah. sir? And Morgan basically says, well, here's an idea. Maybe we can just take out Negan. And he kind of stammered that out. And and then And then um, Ezekiel just sort of ignored him. And I thought, well, that's worth considering. They made it it look weak, but it's worth at least considering. Yes, exactly. Because (laughs) Because, especially since Negan kind of shows up 
and doesn't really, you know, protect himself all that much. Right, right. It wouldn't be that hard to like, kill no, him. No, stupid you... Morgan. Let's just, you know, march in there Dumbass. and have a huge battle. <laughs> right, instead. exactly. Why consider alternatives? <laughs> <laughs> so I oh didn't like God, the way they so sort true. of just wave that off. <laughs> Me neither. Yeah, and and but you know, and Morgan was just cons- wanted to consider it. He's not yeah. necessarily saying no, you know, right. to to a fight. Right. Well, okay. So let's actually, I would like to talk to you about that. I don't think they, they made their point all that well. They, they didn't really say a lot of compelling things to Gregory. I think they felt like, well, Gregory's kind of a lost cause. And anyway, Gregory was like, get out of here, you losers. And then they went to the kingdom and they're talking to Ezekiel. And by the way, on the car ride over, you think that that's one of the things that uh jesus would have mentioned hey he's he's got a tiger but apparently i love that everyone always forgets to mention that (laughs) oh yeah he's got a tiger it's really well because you want to see their reaction without knowing (laughs) (laughs) must be hard to feed that thing anyway so so they didn't make a great case to him i thought they would have um maybe okay i know it's an hour-long show how long do they really have but i thought let's just sort of quietly make our case. And here's why I think this is uh, a good idea. I mean, Ezekiel points out to them, we're outnumbered. We're really outnumbered. And they don't say, well, okay, we may be outnumbered, but we're going to, it's going to be all about the strategy. We're going to go in, we're going to be strategic. We're going to do our homework. We're going to make sure that we're super prepared and we're going to be really smart about it this time. No, instead what Rick says, and I think I even pulled out the the quote because it pissed me off so much, is um, he says something about um, uh, when they first fought the saviors, we won. He actually said that. Do you remember? Yeah. And I'm like, you don't, you didn't actually win. Uh, you took you took care of a sleeping outpost. And uh, you traumatized a bunch of your people and you took care of an outpost. It wasn't the the savior. So, no, you actually didn't win. So, yeah, yeah you know. It's debatable, I guess. But it's not guess, that much to brag about. <laughs> it's really not. And it but caused it, it a lot of problems. Think, you know, I think we already mentioned this before, but Rick and his crew have taken out many more of Negan's guys than Negan has yes. of Rick's. Because yeah. there was that whole event and then there was blowing the people up in the road there well they probably right and they didn't have much of a choice with the blowing the people up right they didn't have much of a choice with that and and you could even argue that negan sort of asked for it with the way that he was antagonizing everybody yeah that that is true but (laughs) anyway but anyways yeah completely digress here's what they you know he i thought they did a pretty good job though because of at least trying to tell Ezekiel why he would want to help them you know he to- they told him what Negan did that he murdered Glenn and yes. Abraham beat them to yeah. death yeah that he uh set loose uh loose walkers on the hilltop yep just yep. to mess with them that um he you they, know they took Eugene Right, they took Eugene and Daryl too. And Ezekiel said, well, they haven't set foot behind our walls. And I think Daryl was like, well, not yet, you know, not so far. And then Rick told his story about the rock in the road and, you know, you should do something about it. 
<laughs> and this, yeah, he, uh, it was tragic yeah. because beer was lost. A lot of beer. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody likes that. <laughs> and then Benjamin saying, you know, hey, we should help them because they're going to do it anyway and they'll probably die. Yes. And then, and, and yes. And, and that was the most compelling argument mm-hmm. right there was Benjamin saying that. And he said, if you're ever asked, my dad said, if you're ever asked to be a hero, be a hero. Be I a like hero. that line. And, you know, if if they lose, it's going to get worse for us. Right. And, and if, if they, they win. Win, we'll have had no part in it. Yeah. And we'll feel yeah. like assholes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I thought, you know what? Benjamin later made the best argument. Made like, okay, you know, that kid's pretty good. He's doomed, by the way. Doomed. Somehow, I didn't see any moment where Ezekiel said no. Did I miss it? I mean, he did say no, but I kind of missed that the first watch through. Yeah. I think they didn't really... They showed him saying... This come this all of this came at a cost, and right. that was his reason right. for saying no. Because I don't know if we know the details, but it sounded like fighting the zombies, he lost a lot of people, and sometimes he felt like he made bad decisions and cost co- that cost lives that didn't need to be spent. On and that. all those those maimed children without a leg or yeah. a hand or whatever, all those maimed children. Remember and Rick the, said the, that's different because the dead don't rule us, and I'm like, how? Why uh, is that different? I don't, okay, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) You're still like sending your people out to fight and you have to decide whether it's the right thing to do. Uh, But then uh, Daryl said, you call yourself a damn king? Sure as hell don't act like one. And I'm sort of like, well, he's trying to protect his own people. Yes. And, uh, you know, there's always people who argue you should take care of your own. And sometimes when I think about U.S. policy, I'm sort of like, I don't know. Yeah, sometimes... It's hard, it's hard to make those decisions, but definitely when you are in trouble yourself, that's that's a mo- that should be a motivation. So I think it's a good point that they can't count on the saviors keeping everything the same as it has been. Right. Mm. Well, uh, right, right. Um, right. And that's an excellent point. So, but. The thing is, how long has King Ezekiel known them? They just showed up with Jesus, uh, um, you know, an hour before, maybe 20 minutes before. They come in and they say, all right, let's rush off and kill the guys that have been shaking us down that you lost a terrible battle with. I don't blame Ezekiel for being super cautious and for not saying the minute they come in and, you know, we've been talking to you now for five minutes. Right. You're not going to come and join our, our, our crazy army because we're vastly outnumbered. What? (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking, well, give the man a chance. Make sure he understands. Have Daryl stare at him. Have Daryl stare at him convincingly. I mean, eventually he's going to find out that they're affiliated with Carol and he seems to trust Carol oh, and yeah. maybe so, talk yeah. to him a little bit. Carol will be like, no, I left those people. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> Carol's like, screw that. Why are you even here? Hey, I Where's even killed fruit? a couple of them myself. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I can totally understand it. I, I don't relish the idea of seeing this dragged out too much so it'd be nice if he came around within an episode or two you only have seven more (laughs) (laughs) episodes that is (laughs) 
Well, let me finish up. So I'm, yes, there was please. so much lightness that I was only halfway through. So Jerry, Whoa. I love Jerry. I love love when Ezekiel says, Jesus, it pleases me to see you, old friend. And Jerry has his big smile. It pleases him indeed. And Ezekiel's like, Jerry. (laughs) It's like, that's that's too much, Jerry. (laughs) And later Jerry says, don't interrupt the king, which I liked. And just the fact that his name's Jerry. It's kind of funny. And then uh, another little subtle, kind of, maybe not that subtle, but thing was when uh, Rick was telling the story of the rock in the road and when he revealed there was a bag of gold under it, Jerry got really excited about that. All right. (laughs) So I like that. Bag of gold. And then I loved Benjamin carrying the food, telling Carol, I'm carrying this in case I meet someone who needs it. That was There's not that many of us. Why would you do that? Um, that was pretty she, cool. How can she not love him? I, the whole Ezekiel uh, medieval speak, I still feel sometimes like, oh man, that's that's too goofy. Um, it, it's a great antidote to the heaviness of this season. So I like it in that case. But it's just, I'm like, would would anybody be able to respect that? And then on the other hand, I guess to play devil's advocate, maybe if somebody did that, kept that up, at yep. first she might be like, yep. what are you doing, dude? And then they still keep it up. It's like when you have these friends who oh, act yeah. kind of, uh, uh, they have a shtick and it's kind of annoying, but after a while, You're you kind of love shtick. it. You kind of yeah. love it and because you're like impressed they kept it up. So, <laughs> all right, fine. We're doing this. We're, we're calling him your majesty. So I don't know. I, I'm still of two minds. I think the, uh, that could get tiresome pretty well, fast. My One of my favorite scenes, probably my favorite scene in the entire episode was um, Richard and the other guy from the kingdom as they were riding up on their horses they they give their best Renaissance fair greeting. They say something yeah. like, Halt, hark, who goes there? Even the and, other guys are talking like and, that now. And then, and then they're like, oh, hey, Jesus. <laughs> they dro- as soon as <laughs> they, they recognize it. it's him, they're like, oh, hey, Jesus, what's up? Oh, interesting. What's up, man? So yeah, just- he dropped it right away. <laughs> it was <laughs> funny. <laughs> yeah, because I don't think we've heard any of the other ones talk like that. Um, Richard did yeah, it. He, Richard he did came it. up with a, with a shtick and then In he the dropped comic, it. In the comic, they oh, all hey. do. Awesome. All those guys. All right, let's take a little break and get to our first sponsor, which is... Fracture. So some people may be listening who haven't heard us talk about Fracture before. What is a Fracture, you're wondering? Well, it's your photos printed on glass, and you can make a beautiful object in and of itself that's lovely to look at, and it's personal, it's lasting, and it's for special photos. And they're like little sweet works of art. I just love them. They're super easy. You just go to their website and you upload a photo and then they ship it back to you printed on a pane of glass. And it's got an attached foam backing and it's ready to hang. They're light and they're simple and they're beautiful and they've got beautiful, vibrant colors. And it's just an amazing way to get your photos out of hiding from your phone or whatever and up for display for everybody to appreciate. And in fact, just uh, last night, we last week we came back from Palm Springs. We had a vacation in Palm Springs, and it was beautiful there. Snow-covered mountains and lovely landscape. It was just gorgeous. Went to Joshua Tree. You sent me a couple of pictures. 
Yeah, from waterfall the, the and Joshua and, yeah. Tree. Yeah, it was beautiful. So uh, I was looking through trying to figure out which one of them and trying to finalize the one that I'm going to get fracturized. So it's great when you've got pictures up of your vacations or your special people or your mm-hmm. special places. It's just wonderful. It adds so much to your to your house. Yes, it really, really does. We've got a we've got a bunch of them up, in fact. And we've gotten lots of thank you emails from listeners who have bought mm-hmm. fractures, either for themselves or as gifts. And by the way, they make amazing really presents. We have Mother's Day coming up and Father's Day as well. And it would be a wonderful present for them. Just saying. Mm-hmm. They've got great customer service and they have a happiness guarantee. So lots of good people there. They're very proud of their product and they want you to be satisfied. And they're all handmade in a factory in Gainesville, Florida. So they're made right here in the good old US of A. So to get your fracture, just go to fractureme.com slash podcast and select the Walking Dead cast for 10% off on your first order. And write to us and let us know how it goes. And one more time, that's FractureMe.com slash podcast. Thanks, Fracture. Awesome. Thanks. Good job. All right. What's your number four? All right. So my number four, we pretty much talked about, and that was seeing the kingdom again. I swear to God, I practically got goosebumps when they went back to the kingdom. It looks like such an amazing place. So the the contrast between just about everywhere else at this moment, well, it used to be fantastic at at, um, Alexandria, um, but it's not quite Until Rick got there. Until Rick got there, ruined everything. Run, kingdom, run. Don't, don't, don't let, let this guy come back through your walls. <laughs> I mean, it's just so fun. And it's fun. They've got the theater. And I love seeing King Ezekiel. I love seeing Sheba. Sheba is fantastic. If three episodes from now, we see Rick in the kingdom, like waving his gun around at everyone, screaming at him. <laughs> I won't be surprised. We'll be like, oh, I told you so. <laughs> Come on, people. <laughs> you guys don't like... know. You don't know. <laughs> You're soft. <laughs> You're soft. <laughs> <laughs> but it would look like such a good place. I mean, they have people, you know, they look like they know what they're doing. They've got they've got armor. They've got horses. Yeah. They, they're got... all keeping in shape. They're yep. learning archery Gardening. and everything. Mm-hmm. They're, they're fighting. Organized. Benjamin's learning the boast. No, it's not called. What's it called? A Joe? Joe Staff, apparently. Joe Staff. Yep. It's great. Yeah. Anyway. That's right. Benjamin's. I love it there. Yeah, he's, he's in training. Yep. Okay, my turn. Number four. So, Recruiting for the Cause, part one, Gregory slash Hilltop. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> Gregory, again, I feel like he's not totally out of line. He he's such a sleazebag uh-huh. the way he acts that it's easy to just say, "Oh, you know, forget you." But from his point of view, these guys came in all cocky saying, "We can yes. destroy the saviors." And then they totally flailed and failed and then brought heat down on him and his people. <laughs> so it's like no you guys just go away now okay and that's not totally um totally out of out of left field to me i he it seems like they should have done a better job of trying to let them know the scope of the saviors yes they knew yes they didn't know but 
But I, I really liked that scene. I like that Gregory says he doesn't even know how many people they have. It's like, really? You don't know? <laughs> <laughs> and also when he said, what are we going to do? Start a platoon of sorghum farmers? Because that's what we got. <laughs> I love that. And then I do too. Tara's like, you're wrong. When people have a chance to do the right thing, they usually step up. I mean, people just, and he's like, let me stop you before you break into song. <laughs> Which is hilarious. And this is my favorite line of probably the whole episode here. By the way, who would train all this cannon fodder? I will. Rhetorical, okay? <laughs> I don't want to know. I never want to hear another word about any of it, ever. <laughs> I want to thank you all for not being here today. <laughs> Next time... I'm going to ask you a question, and when you start answering, I'll go, rhetorical. rhetorical. <laughs> and like, dude, and Daryl's like, you're talking out both sides of your mouth, but he just said, I don't want to, I don't want to know anything about it. Just leave. That's not talking out both sides of his mouth. It really like, isn't. Get out of here. He's being pretty clear. Yeah. He's not being wishy-washy. <laughs> now, on the other hand, I, Enid's a hero. She went out while they were in there keeping Gregory busy, and she recruited everybody. And she did. Yeah, and, and they basically got the hilltop. They don't have one guy, and that's Gregory, but it seems like they got everybody else. They got everybody so, else. So that's cool. Well, uh, it, can we now say definitively that Enid is not a spy? No, no, or this is, is still she part playing... of her plan. It's the <laughs> She's long... just playing the, yeah. the long con. Hey, this is the last <laughs> thing you would expect a spy to do, so... <laughs> maybe she's just gonna like get everybody all together and lead them right into Negan's trap oh she's so wily yeah. so wily <laughs> I'd like to hear from anyone who still thinks ne uh, Enid's a traitor and what your reasoning is oh please let I'll us read know that on the podcast I promise it's so great <laughs> <laughs> she's just got a long long game <laughs> all uh, right all right, what's your, what are we on? Three. Three. All right, so my number three is two cars plus one steel cable plus <laughs> a horde of zombies equals pure zombie killing happiness. Am I right? Everybody loved this, and I just thought... Uh, I'm so confused about what Rick is doing <laughs> yes, what and why was going on. You know, you could see them, the zombies, about thirty minutes out, and yet somehow yes. you still almost they were got right killed there in thirty seconds. And, <laughs> yeah, and, and you let yourself get into a situation where you're having to run through a crowd of them, <laughs> yeah. and then when they, you know, clotheslined all the zombies, I was like, "That's one sharp cable," and. <laughs> And uh, also, it's like, wouldn't wouldn't the car at least swerve a little? Like, wouldn't uh -huh. it pull on it with yes. all that? I mean, I guess they're like butter. Yes. So we're it just overthinking. Like, yes, they slice right through them. They are at this point like butter. We've already so. established that. that. You just pr basically push your hand right through them. <laughs> so I guess it makes sense then. Um, I, I, yeah. Um, yeah, I really wanted to like it, but I just kept feeling like eh, they just really it felt so labored to get to the point where they got to do that. <laughs> well, you know, so, it, I, it, know. I was completely confused the entire time. I was I was that whole scene, the whole setup. OK, I get that they're getting explosives, but they 
they're trying, okay, they're getting explosives and yet they're also, didn't Rick just say that they're going to reposition the cars? Yeah. So that <clears throat> That's they why I was would- confused. Yeah. So I so thought about it. So are they trying it. to hide that they were there or not yeah. hide that they were there? Here's what I think. And, and um, Mr. Blog helped me out with this too. Thank you, uh, he, Mr. Blog. Yeah. He's, so basically they wanted to, they were pushing the cars out of the way. Yes. But then they wanted to move them back into a position where the zombies would continue to walk down the highway so that they could do that clothesline trick and get rid of a lot of them. And then they could just use a couple more explosives to get rid of the rest. And and then it would look like the savior's plan worked. But then Rick would get to keep most of the explosives. I think that's kind of the idea. They were trying to make it look like the, the explosives all went off and killed all the okay. zombies. <clears throat> okay. Thank and you. I guess. I mean... But uh, you would also think that since the sanctuary is within sight, that they might have some lookout looking over there. And why are <laughs> yeah. those guys moving those cars all around? And especially if there's a big herd of zombies coming and that's the reason why they put those explosives up, they might want to look over there and see how it worked out, you know? They're like, nah, I'm sure it'll be fine. It's lunchtime. So I I know people are like, God, you just poo-pooed on my favorite scene. But um, I, I don't know. I I just thought, especially how they um, almost got killed by the zombies when they had so much time to figure out, you know, what to do. Do zombies, do zombies follow roads, by the way? Well, I think they were trying to set the cars on the sides so that the Zeds would go in between the cars. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it still doesn't totally make sense to me, but I think I kind of okay. kind of have the idea. Okay. So what you loved it, huh? I loved. Well, I was all very confused, and then I was yeah. worried that they were going to set off. I mean, if anybody has seen Lost, yeah, they know <laughs> that when you handle dynamite, you're going to get a little piece of uh, arts on you. On you yeah. <laughs> Which was awesome. So. Yes. And then uh, at one point, Sasha, like Rick says, okay, Jesus, Sasha, you go to Hilltop. Okay, fine. And she slams one of those dynamites yeah! down on the ground. Here you go. Yes! I was like, don't put it down no! so hard. No, I haven't you seen Lost? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I was wondering why Rosita is this expert bomb disarmer. Wasn't she in the military? I don't know. Was she? Think, Abraham think, was. Yeah, I thought that she was also in the military. I don't, I didn't know that. I could I be completely forgotten. wrong, but I'm almost positive that she was in the military okay. too. And demolitions. Yeah, ammunitions expert. <laughs> yeah, she oh god, she was annoying me this episode. I think it's great that she's um uh you know, an explosive expert. Um although <laughs> yeah. Although thank god she didn't blow them all to pieces, but um she was really grouchy this episode. Uh, yeah, when Sasha came up and was like, I knew he was, Ezekiel's going to say no. And she's like, just because we slept with the same guy, that doesn't mean we're friends. No. And she it's like, said, well, n- go ahead, same dead guy. No, we both had sex with the same dead guy. And I thought, you might want to rephrase that because somebody could misconstrue <laughs> what you're talking about here. He wasn't dead at the time. Sasha That's knows the- <laughs> what she means. <laughs> We had sex with the same dead guy. It, you really couldn't misconstrue that in a number of ways. <laughs> Wait, did we sleep with a walker? I don't remember that. 
The same um, dead guy at the same time? What? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah, she's being cranky. Just, yeah. I mean, she's saying just because we both had Abraham in common, that doesn't mean that we're friends. But it doesn't mean you're not friends either. But obviously to you, it does mean <sighs> that for some reason. Get but she's just over you it. Know, really upset. Like she, she said to Morgan, too, are you going to argue with us? You know, after they told him that um, Negan killed Glenn and Abraham. So she, yes. she's just really, really cranky, uh, pissed off. And, you know, you can't totally blame her. I mean, I can't I blame totally, her for that. I don't blame her. Yeah. They all need therapy. Based a lot of therapy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> early on, Daryl said in the episode, Daryl said, well, we find the right stuff. Maybe we, we don't need the numbers. We'll blow them up, burn them down. So basically he's saying, hopefully we can find a bunch of explosives. And then they did later. Right. <laughs> huh. Interesting. Huh. I think they were just sort of trying to, you know, set up the track, lay the tracks for that or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last nice. thing about that appears. scene, they when they were taking off the dynamite, they'd like twang the the cable sometimes, and that's how you make the sound of the um, the blasters, the lasers in Star Wars. Choo choo. So it kept reminding me of that. Know that? Just take a hammer and hit one of those cables. Sometimes. Do do do. <laughs> or because you, know, you can't really fire a blaster. There's no such thing. But you can light up a lightsaber. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Nerd. Just pull that out of my ass. <laughs> Okay, where are we? It's my turn. Yeah, you're number three. Recruiting for the cause, part two, Ezekiel and Kingdom. And we we pretty much talked talked this all out. I think about what they yep. did to try to. I thought it was interesting that um, Morgan just stayed there, and it seemed like a foregone conclusion that he was going to stay there. But yeah, last we saw of him, he was going off to find Carol. I think. So it's interesting he didn't go back with Rick, you know? He's like, yeah, I'll just stay here. Yeah, it yeah. is interesting. I think Rick didn't, did Rick tell him? Or maybe Rick only told Daryl. But yeah, maybe, maybe, Rick maybe did, Morgan was there too. Would like um, to have, well, he said to Morgan, you're not going to even try to convince him, are you? And Morgan oh, was like, maybe yeah, you should stay right. then. Oh, so if you're not going to fight with this, maybe you stay at this paradise. And then when they let, when he left Daryl, he's like, Oh, no, you're going to stay here. And Daryl's like, I'm not staying here. That totally reminds me of when I have to like drop Nico off at a babysitter. <laughs> what? I know. I thought about that. <laughs> we'll and then the doors back. are closing. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> we'll be back. Mommy and daddy are going right. We got to get out of here, kid. Yeah. I felt bad. The doors were closing and I was like, oh, he's back in, in jail. But at least it's a nice place. It was a good thing he stayed there because, you know, Simon yeah. and everybody came looking for him. Hell yeah! Uh, and and when, and speaking of that, when Simon and all those guys came in, first off, I'm glad it wasn't Negan because we've seen that too many times. Uh, but I thought Rick had his gun still, so did he like shove it down his pants or something? Because he got it from Daryl, I think. Right? He got his gun back. He got his gun back. So uh, he, he went back have... to Alexandria and he was only there for a split second before right. Simon showed you up. You see him like throw it in the yeah. bushes or something. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
Yeah, he must have quickly slipped it in his pants or something. <laughs> He's like, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it falls out of his pants leg. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't know where Daryl is. Clunk. Damn it. <laughs> so, uh, All right, where did are you ever we? watch? Um, this is way back, but uh, what's it called? Uh, that show where it's a comedy and it's all black kids and one kid always says hey 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 good uh not good times dang it what's the name of that show mm. it's got Dwayne and rerun yes on it. <laughs> you sure it's not good times no N- no that was the one with uh jj <laughs> dynamite yeah. anyways so on this show uh rerun and Dwayne. <laughs> They like went to a Bee Gees concert and somebody got rerun to bring in a tape recorder and tape it so he could bootleg the thing. And he gets up and start. He's in the front row and he's dancing around and the tape recorder falls out of his pants <laughs> and the Bee Gees just stopped playing. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that made you think of. <laughs> yeah. Now I want to know the name of that show. Anyway, okay, where were we? I think it's your turn. Yeah, I think so too. Okay, so mine is simply a scene that I thought was really nice, and that is Ezekiel reading um, Martin Luther King's "I Have a Dream" speech yeah. to Benjamin's little sister as a nighttime brother. story. As a, pardon me, brother, brother. Oh, mm-hmm. sorry, brother. God, yeah, brother. Mm-hmm. It was hard though, um, because it was pretty far away. I, I just like, remember from the episode before. Yes, you're no, you're absolutely right. When they were in the commissary, mm-hmm. and yeah, um, yeah. Um, a sweet little nighttime story. It, I thought it was so, it was so sweet, and um, and then the interaction between Ezekiel and Benjamin was fabulous, especially when um, Benjamin gives him his reasons, and you know, it's it, be a hero, and then mm-hmm. Ezekiel's like, your father would be very proud. The king is very proud. I thought that and convinced like, him. Oh. I mean, I would have been okay with that, having convinced him. Yeah, me too. Y- you know? It's actually really good. Uh, that's a really good reason. It's going to be worse for us if they lose. Yeah. If they win, we're jerks. Right. So, I mean... If you really bought into that, then you would either want to help them or try yes. really hard to convince them not to do anything. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. You know. Exactly. Don't stir up the hornet's nest. Right. <clears throat> right. Okay. My number two was that whole scene with the clothes lining the zombies. So I <laughs> Which you loved. <laughs> it was still pretty cool, even though I thought it was silly and forced. It was fun to see all the zombie parts flying everywhere. Yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, even mm-hmm. though I was a little confused about what was happening when it finally went off, I was like, oh, check them out. Oh, look, look, at that. look at that. And it was it uh, Rick and Michonne teaming yeah. up. Teaming up. That was cool. Yep. 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 Driving exactly in sync, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> yeah. And, that, and then they came to the horde, the big horde. And, and I the, thought, now how are they going to get through that? And it was a good thing. That, I mean, here's our plan. Let's draw all the zombies all around us and then hotwire these cars. Hopefully we can hotwire them, right? It should work. And then there'll be gas. Yeah. <laughs> You're kind of screwed if there's not. Exactly. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Anyway, number one. So sometimes you just have to let the show wash over you. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, My... just lay back and take it. <laughs> just lay back and 
Bank of England. Uh, <laughs> my my number one is the mystery at the end. So now we have, um, although it it didn't, it, some things were predictable about it, as you said. Other things were fairly unpredictable, to, at least to me. I'm not a comic reader. I don't know if this was in the comic, but this weird, quiet group at the very end, they were really spooky quiet and um lots of women but some men too um dirty is that how many i said dirty oh dirty dirty weren't they kind of grimy i think so um were they grimy i mean everybody's grimy right now i guess you're right especially rick grimes he's the grimiest (laughs) (laughs) sorry that was bad (laughs) um but It's interesting. I mean, and then, of course, we already talked about the ending, about why is he smiling at the very end. Mm -hmm. So um, who the heck knows at this point? Could be a number of things. But um, and and it's probably related to the guy or the person who's wearing the boots, the boot person um, in the mid-season finale. And they went uh, to the houseboat, Aaron and Rick and plundered its supplies and you saw somebody spying on them and then that right. person showed up outside the gates of alexandria there they didn't have a w on the forehead so they're not wolves and there were men in the groups mm-hmm. so they're not from the oceanside community right. that was all women i think it's new so people. who are these quiet weirdos with weapons <laughs> it's a new group so yeah i don't know anything about them but it kind of leads into my number one is that cool Do it, man so it's gabriel which I yes. think it's, a, it's an interesting little mystery, uh, especially because we've seen Gabriel go from being a total coward who yep. stayed inside the church with all the food while all the, uh, what do you call it, parishioners, parishioners. were scratch clawing to get in. Yes. So that's the worst, like the lowest of the low. And then he, uh, you know, told uh, Deanna, these people are monsters or whatever about Rick. And then he came around enough that Rick would trust leaving Judith with him. By the way, where's Judith? He just, did he just leave her? <laughs> right. Uh, she doesn't, uh, where are the babysitters? Uh, uh, you know, leave it to a new dad to bring up where, who is taking care of the baby. Because, uh, let's see, can we just mention that Olivia's dead, Gabriel's gone, Rick, Carl, Michonne, they're all gone. So who the hell's watching Judas? I was thinking that. I'm like, what do they do? Just like mm. put her in the bathtub and close the door? Eric has her, probably. Eric's <laughs> a good guy, you can tell. Yeah. So it's there's precedent for him doing exactly what it looks like, which is freaking out, taking all the food, and going off to safety. Yes, but it seems too easy for it to be that simple. And Rick says, you know, he wouldn't do that. And I I think it's misdirection. I think I mean, I don't know, which is why it's pretty cool, because I really don't know. But I think he's trying to do something good. And I don't know if you notice, but when he gets in that car and heads off, Uh you see a head come up next to him. Hoodie guy. Yeah. So I think that's the boots guy. Yeah, I think so, too. And I think that, you know, uh, Rick and. Aaron are near that place when they encounter this group because they went back to check on it because they saw it said boat in the Bible, Gabriel's Bible. And uh, so I think this whole crew is from that guy's group, the boots guy. Uh, And that's why I think he saw Gabriel when he smiled. Oh, okay. 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 Got him to come out there and maybe he made an offering to them of all (laughs) Alexandrians in order for them to come help. So I think that's and, probably and the, what happened. 
And the weapons. Remember, he loaded some weapons in there, too. Yeah, that's, I mean, you really shouldn't do something like that without talking it over with people first. It's probably something that you shouldn't do unilaterally. You should probably talk to the rest of the group there. Yeah. But I, you know, that's just a theory. I don't know what the heck is going on. I thought it was interesting that Negan's barbar bat was drawn on the supply list. Like, yeah, I so too. this is claiming it, claiming yep. it or something. This is my yep. man. This is my man. Like he's a claimer. Okay. We're done. What's your, do you have any notes? Um, No. I think that's that's pretty much it. I think we've done it, man. I have a few. <clears throat> Do it. Richard says the kingdom has people and weapons, which I thought was interesting. It, it it would be interesting to understand how Negan and Ezekiel came to their whole situation without apparently having had to kill anybody or take any weapons or even let any of Ezekiel's <laughs> people know. Yeah. Yeah. How'd that happen? Um Right. When Carol said heel toe to Benjamin, uh-huh. how to Keep be quiet. Bent. Yeah, it just reminded me of being in the marching band. That's how you march. Heel toe, heel toe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. I liked hearing Negan over the radio because it was kind of nice to have an episode without Negan, I admit. But it was still cool to hear him on the radio and doing about as good of a eulogy as you could expect for Is Fat that- Joey. Is that what we're listening to? We're listening to the Fat Joey eulogy. Yeah. He said, things will not be the same now that he's dead. Without Fat Joey, Skinny Joey is just Joey. So it's a goddamn tragedy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Which I loved. And then uh, what else? It was nice to see Eric and Aaron together. Yeah, that was nice. Eric says, I want us alive, both of us. That's what he wants because... Aaron is the most important thing to him and he just wants to be able to work it out somehow so that they can both be alive together. I get that. You know, uh, it it does beg the question and I'm not saying they should do this, but there is um, a part of me that says, just leave. leave? Yeah. Yeah. I've thought about that too. Um, I mean, they've got, they've got Eugene and that's not good. But, right. but if you didn't care that much about Eugene, yeah. Other than you, that, you could just, there seemed to be, be a like, lot of cars with gas everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I mean, I've wondered, well, I guess I, I, I'm like, why stay, where are they now? Virginia, Virginia. But I guess what you need to do is just find a good place and hunker down and start farming. And that's kind of yeah. what they're trying to do in all these places. But yeah, maybe this is not the place and they could just go somewhere else. I think you're right, man. I think that's what I would do. Right. If there's if there's Wouldn't a guy. Wouldn't be a very good show. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's probably the main reason why. It doesn't make good viewing. Yeah. Oh, here's a great villain. Let's just get out of here. <laughs> not deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Good. Well, I think we covered the hell out of that. I so think we did. Let's take a little break. There's more to come. Stay with us. Well, I won't back down. No, I won't back down. You can stand me up at the gates of hell, but I won't back down. No. Yeah. 
it's hard to find the perfect pair of jeans. You don't want to spend too much money. You don't want to break the bank, but you also want something that's quality, something that's last. That's why you need distilled. With distilled, you get luxury grade denim at an affordable price. So these are jeans that would normally cost you hundreds of dollars, but they start at just $75. And because they use the same fabrics, even the same factories and wash houses as the best known brands and designers, but they skip the markups and the middlemen. So yeah, I remember when I was on the call with these guys talking about their product, they say, we, we're in LA and we use the same factories as these high-end brands that cost hundreds of dollars. So the result is pure, unadulterated denim with a guaranteed fit, but without the whole retail runaround. So that means you order it, you get it. You, if it doesn't fit you, you send it back free of charge and then they'll send you another size. Nice. Uh, they have a really good selection of outerwear, leather jackets, and t-shirts too. Their main thing is jeans, but they have a few other things. And they have free shipping and, as I said, free returns until you find the perfect pair. So they're your answer to elevated style without the elevated prices. So try denim that's being praised by celebrities as well as publications like Forbes, Time, TechCrunch, GQ, and Vogue and see where minimalist design meets maximum comfort. And a lot of our it's so weird. Our sponsors have all this minimalism going on, but anyway, I do like my distilled jeans. They look really good and they're totally comfortable and it's hard to find jeans that have both of those, but these do. So if you want to try them out, go to dstld.com slash deadcast right now. You'll get 10% off your first pair. That's dstld.com slash deadcast for 10% off right now. Five letters, dstld.com slash deadcast. Thank you, distilled. Thanks, Distilled. Obvious threat to untold numbers of citizens. The people he kills get up and kill. Are they slow moving, Chief? Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. This is a Walking Deadcast news update. Okay, so Greg Nicotero had an interview on Entertainment Weekly. They say, let's start at the very end. Rick is surrounded by this new group carrying shovels and guns, and he's all smiles. What's that smile all about? Nicotero says, when they're surrounded by that new and mysterious group that we've only caught a quick glimmer of, Rick sees soldiers. That's why he smiles. I don't think he's worried for a second. I think he looks and he's like, okay, I need a win here. And there are a lot of people here and they have weapons and this is what I need. So the gears are clicking. <laughs> he's awfully confident that he's going to recruit them. That's if why guy- I, th- I think he sees Gabriel. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you think you think Nicotero's just blowing smoke up their ass? Well, he's just leaving something out, possibly. Yeah. But but yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. So it, this is interesting. Uh, it's interesting when you have life imitating art or art imitating life. We have a president now that has advocated closing our borders, keeping refugees out, and taking care of ourselves first, even if that means ignoring problems elsewhere. And then you have Gregory at the hilltop, who seems to be working off that same script. So does Ezekiel, actually. It's a bit of a separated at birth type situation. He says, yeah, I would agree with that. Maybe Scott Gimple has a crystal ball, but the script was written last August, and I don't really think anybody believed we'd be where we are now. (laughs) I think the deal with Gregory is that he's figuring out a way to keep this place alive. But the truth of the matter is, and I find Gregory a really fascinating character because he has to have done something right at some point. Otherwise, they would all have been dead a long time ago. But once Rick and his group show their faces, I think all bets are off for Gregory. Just a matter of time as we see Maggie there and Maggie's kind of ready to step up. And so other words, what he's saying is I don't want to talk politics. 
<laughs> yeah, you think that's what he's saying? <laughs> Personally, I think Ina's ready to step up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. Maggie didn't do a whole lot this time. She she did all the heavy lifting. Uh, Enid told us that, you know, this is what we should be doing. And so we all came here and followed this little Enid chick, even though we barely know her. Mm-hmm. I mean, Enid's new to it, too. And she's barely been there, but she was able to recruit all those people. And there was a nice little moment between Enid and Carl where Carl's looking yeah. at her, smiling like, I'm impressed. And she was sort of like, oh, whatever. But then you could see her kind of smile like, I know. That was pretty good. Yeah, right? pretty cute. <laughs> Long con, uh, man, long con. <laughs> so talking about uh, the whole clothesline thing, they ask where did that idea come from? He says, when I got the original script for this episode, this was the scene we want everybody to cheer and jump out of their seat and throw their popcorn up in the air. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> the idea is that they find this cable that stretched across the freeway with a pressure plate to deter this herd of walkers. That's clearly on its way. Obviously, the saviors never really thought about the fact that somebody might come along and steal all these weapons. But Rick looks at it as a tremendous opportunity. So he grabs all the explosives. He definitely pushes it a little too far. And the initial incarnation for the sequence is they get back into the car. The car gets overrun and Rosita throws one of the explosives out and it detonates and it clears a path for the Walker horde. So when I read the first draft of the script, I called Scott and I said, it's right there in front of us. We literally just have a bit of work to do and we can take this to a completely different place. I said, what if exactly the way you have it written, there's the two cars, there's a cable stretching out across both of them, but the two cars get separated and one car gets surrounded. They have to get in the cars and drive the cars through the herd to clear a path. You know exactly what happened. Scott's like, that's perfect because now it gives Rick and Michonne an opportunity to have a win together. And then he goes, so I channeled a little bit of my buddy Robert Rodriguez in this sequence in terms of just, it's a little outrageous. We've never really done anything this kind of audacious before, but I felt, Scott felt that it's a great way to start the second half of the season. Let's be a little audacious. I kind of like that he says that. It makes me like it a yeah. little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> he says, yeah. I think we had 100 walkers in makeup that day and the visual effects put all the rest in. He says, my only regret is I wish it could go on for like three more minutes because I think there's so much more fun we could have had. (laughs) (laughs) A hundred walkers in makeup. That's assembly line stuff. Yeah. That's the same number we had when we did the whole uh, season two finale. Oh, burning at Herschel's barn. Yeah. They say, looking ahead, will Daryl be able to stare Ezekiel into submission? He says, I don't know. I think Daryl's a little too fascinated with the tiger. And we all know that Norman's been wanting a pet since like season two. He's always wanted a dog. So I think there's some great opportunities there just to see Daryl kind of fascinated by this tiger. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, pet tiger. That's nice. It's hard to take your pet tiger on a ride on your motorcycle, though. (laughs) Okay, next, uh, the Telltale Walking Dead games are supposed to take place in the same world as the comics not the show but the comics okay and in the latest game jesus is in there the comic book version of jesus and so someone asked in the letters page of the most recent comic if that means clementine would ever appear in the comic since they're in the same world oh and the editor sean mackiewicz says telltale's latest installment of their walking dead game series the new frontier occurs during the time jump after the walking dead number 126 so a lot could happen before she's ever appeared and that's not me being coy i have no idea yet it takes time to write those things 
So he's he's sort of suggesting that Clementine could appear in the comic, which would be a lot of people would I know would think would be totally awesome. And then does that mean that Clementine could appear on the television show? Yeah, she could. That's or awesome. Yes, please. They should just cast Melissa. Uh, but that for people who know the comics and the game that answer does clear up the timing of the game because i was wondering why jesus was in the game but didn't look like he does in the latest issues of the comic and it's because it's during this time jump that happened in the comic yeah that's cool makes sense all right next emma caulfield do you know who that is an actress yeah who was in buffy i do Yes, she was wonderful in Buffy. Oh, my God. Oh, good. Well, she is going to be in Fear the Walking Dead in the next season, season three. Are you kidding? They speculate she'll play a villain. She played Anya, um, who's a vengeance demon, a former vengeance demon in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and she was fantastic. That's cool. Yeah, she's great. Next, asked about how he's feeling about his time on The Walking Dead being over, Stephen Yun said, it's all a little bittersweet. I feel great, though. It feels good to have completed something. Oh, I miss him still. (laughs) And then finally, about The Walking Dead finale, Greg Nicotero told comicbook.com, quote, it's an amazing script. It was written by Scott Gimple, Angela Kang, and Matt DeGretti. How can you get along with those three? Doesn't it say how it shouldn't say how can you go wrong? Anyways, right? I think that's what they meant. <laughs> yeah, it's everything that you would ever want. It's thrilling. It's emotional. It's powerful. Everything that's when our show fires on all cylinders. You can't stop it. That's cool. <laughs> Matt Negretti and Angela Kang and Gimple. Those are some good writers. And Matt uh, Negretti is my favorite. We should get him. Uh, maybe we can ask him to come on after that episode and talk yes. to him about it. That'd be, That'd be so great. Cool. Hi, Matt, if you're listening. <laughs> Love you. All right, that's it for the news. Now it's time for our third and final sponsor. That's Blue Apron. Yeah. Blue, Blue Apron is the best because they, are great. they teach me how to be a good cook. They send you ingredients and great recipes that you probably would never think to make yourself. And then you just follow it and it makes really good food they say not all ingredients are created equal fresh high quality ingredients make a real difference so it's important to know where your food comes from thankfully for less than ten dollars per person per meal blue apron delivers easy to follow recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients courtesy of over 150 local farms ranches and fisheries across the united states right to your door and when you open that box and you look through all the ingredients they just seem really fresh they are yep and then you make the food and it you can tell it tastes really good in fact some of the stuff i'm like man when i get like rice or certain things in the grocery store they're not as fresh as what comes in my blue apron box or produce sometimes oh it's so good so it's really good and because they ship the exact amount of each ingredient required for a recipe, there's no food waste. Yep. It's everything you need to make sustainable and delicious home-cooked meals in 40 minutes or less. Here's some upcoming meals. These are from February. They have cashew chicken stir-fry with tango mandarins and jasmine rice, udon noodle soup with miso and soft-boiled eggs, roasted pork with apple, walnut, and farro salad, and crispy barramundi with quinoa and roasted carrot salad. Mm, Those are good. I'm so hungry now. (laughs) If you do the three, there's a couple different plans. If you do for two people, three meals a week, 
then you get more uh, adventurous stuff. If you do the ones that are for families, then uh-huh. it's a little more kid friendly. So ah, you can, you interesting. Can yeah. Yeah. And they have a vegetarian option. And they have a vegetarian option. So check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash deadcast. My friend Richard always says, never refuse free food. That's one of his <laughs> philosophies of life. Smart man, Richard. <laughs> you will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash deadcast. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Thanks, Blue Apron. All right, now it's time for Lister Moans, Groans, and Grunts. So this first one comes from Des Combs, who writes, Loved Rosita in this episode. Of course, now that I'm starting, now I'm starting to worry for her. When, yeah, that's a good point, actually. One huge question. Gabriel's gone. Olivia's dead. Who has Judith? Yes, we were wondering the same thing. (laughs) Rick and Carl didn't go check on her when they got back. What the fuck? Maybe they did. Yeah, they just don't show that. They should hang on, Simon. Hold on. Gotta check on the kid. <laughs> yeah, just can you hold that thought? Josh Vianovich says this show is the strongest when they allow the ensemble cast to all work together. They're all talented actors, but it's easy to see that they function better when they quote put the band back together. Overall, this episode <laughs> got me back into looking forward to the show and I'm excited for next week. I was also really worried that someone was going to have an arts moment with the dynamite. <laughs> Glad they didn't keep any of that compromised explosive. <laughs> I'm sure they knew people would be thinking about that. If you if you um, don't know what we're talking about, go watch uh, Lost. Yeah, because I think it's in so the second good. second season. Maybe it's the third season. It's so great. I think it's the third. I don't. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it's the second. Ah, God, I, these get the band back together moments only work when the band separates. <laughs> if you just the yes. band just stayed together then you would never have that oh good the band's back together moment that's what i say yeah, i mean i true. i agree it's awesome but sometimes <laughs> absence makes the heart grow fonder that's all i'm saying okay spencer <laughs> lewis says the zombie limbo line was the best thing ever <laughs> except they forgot to limbo they didn't yeah they were like huh <laughs> Sherry Morford uh, says this episode was fine enough but what made it worth it was the line between Rick and Michonne's two cars that sliced through the herd of walkers that was awesome the one Jamaican zombie made it through fine he knew how to limbo Anwen Carver Holtzhausen said zombie highway cheese cutter so awesome <laughs> <laughs> Or clothesline. There's so many ways we can call this. Um, Daniel Diaz says, this show is way too dark cartoony. Slicing a herd of walkers as if they were butter by the use of a metal cable was very ridiculous. All that was missing was the Roadrunner and Wiley Coyote <laughs> holding up a help sign as he plunged down a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be audacious. Go for it. <laughs> Rima Joe, who will be co-hosting with me next week, by the way. Because you're going to a secret undisclosed location or something yes says, exactly uh, did anyone notice this was the same stretch of highway from season two when sophia was lost it looked familiar but i yeah. only i only got that information when i watched um, talking dead talking dead yeah. yeah yeah so it's not not supposed to be the same in the show because they're right. in virginia but they're in virginia yep but all you know they're all roads lead to one place and that is where they film terminus 
Right. Richard Davenport writes, Fat Joey without him, skinny Joey is just Joey. That made me laugh too damn hard. Also, I love the kingdom didn't actually, um, sorry, didn't automatically give in to the rictatorship 2.0. And I hope Negan's guys find Daryl. Oh, that's yeah. way, to, way to hate, Richard. No, it'll be it'll be interesting. He'll never die, so I think that would be cool. They promised a quick and and sure death for him, though, mm. when they find him. Maureen Stewart says, "When Eric says I want us both alive, I feel like he basically signed a death warrant for either he or Aaron." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's so true. That's one way to look at it. <laughs> yep. Jillian Moreau says, "My prediction is that Gabriel encountered this group on his walk back from leaving Spencer that day, and he befriended them." What day was that? When oh yeah. He just got out of the car and walked home. It's I don't like, like what you just said, so I'm going to risk my life. <laughs> right, walk back without any weapons. That's right. Um, yeah, having Gabriel do what he did was their way um, to get the gang to come out here, and now we have numbers. Could be. Maybe. Karen Schiss says, the most interesting part for me was actually when Morgan found out about Glenn and Abe. Yeah, he's like, oh. Yeah, it was very sad. Fran Bernstein says, Karen, I really hope you are back on board after this episode. Love you guys. Oh, yeah, I'm on board. Larry Blake says, sounded like the background music they played at the kingdom was that old 80s song, Life in a Northern Town. It did. If so, kind of odd selection of early emo. I hope 25 <laughs> to 30 years ago to never hear it again. There we go. <laughs> this goes out to Larry Blake. <laughs> I'm Casey Casey. <laughs> <laughs> and you're listening to American Top 40. Mm-hmm. Kenneth Resendo writes, Rick's fucking smiling mug at the end brought all of the feels. So glad to be back. Mm. See, we're all on board. We're on the ship having cocktails. Yep. Rob Keith <laughs> says, I think Rick's smile at the end was confirmation Gabriel was working behind the scenes for the greater good. Emily Reeves says, wanted to smack Morgan for not telling Ezekiel to go to war with the saviors, but was glad to see some of Daryl's loud mouth come out again. He's been too quiet for too long. Oh, yeah. He was not quiet in this episode. Me too. He seems a bit more like season one Daryl right now. Yeah. Which I think is awesome. Robin Springer says, I must have missed something somewhere along the line. When and where did Rosita learn about explosives? Awesome episode. In the army. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Brad Holt says, Woohoo! The band is back together and ready to rock and roll. And Bianca Vargas says, Happy that Daryl looks like he took a shower. Did he? I don't know. He doesn't look too good to me. He doesn't he looks better than he did when he was in the cell. Hold up, yeah. Yeah, he looked pretty bad. All right, we got a few emails. Okay, this first one comes from Mark Kirkman, who writes, Hi, Karen and Jason. This was a great episode this week. I like the highway thriller when uh, with the bombs and the car work with Rick and Michonne. They definitely wanted us to suspend disbelief for this shot. Yes, they sure did. I think that the hint that someone posted, a cast member, about someone betraying the group is not Father Gabriel. I think it's too obvious. I think it could be either, don't judge me, please, either Daryl or Rosita. Just a thought in my head, but I'm hoping it's someone that we don't look at all the time. Maybe 
Enid. <laughs> glad to be part of the Patreon cast. Thank you again. I'm still jazzed over the tickets for Walker Stalker. I'm glad you guys didn't get snowed in like I did this past weekend. Yeah, so Mark's talking about our call-in show. In case you don't know, we do a call-in show every month, and it's really fun, and we talk to you guys and we talk about last time we talked about what we were hoping to see in this season. We also talk about random stuff. And to be a part of it, all you have to do is go to our Patreon page and pledge any amount. And then you get to take part in that. So that's patreon.com slash Jason and Karen if you're interested in that. It's super fun. Our call-in shows are great. Yeah, they're really fun. And we so appreciate everyone who's uh, contributing to that. So thank you guys. Last email from Alexis. Hi, Jason, Karen. Love the podcast. Listen all the time at the gym. Just want to say already I've been hearing a lot of backlash about the mid-season premiere and I don't understand why. I think people are being very critical of the show. I love this episode. I haven't seen a lot of that, but maybe our listeners are just more into it. The whole time I was anxious to hear what the King had to say to Rick and company. There was humor in the episode that I found myself actually laughing out loud at. Me too. I was excited at the end for next week. And of course, the best part was the best zombie kills of the series with the cable wire. It was awesome. <laughs> I don't want to get too excited because usually they have great openings and great endings to the season and the middle can be great or not so much. But I'm excited <laughs> for the rest of the season and really hope they don't keep to one group every episode again and actually jump between storylines. Yep. Don't get bit. Don't get bit yeah, yourself, good, baby. Good summation. And we have one call. This is Anwen from New Zealand. Hey, Jason and Karen. It's Anwen from New Zealand. I just loved your podcast with Irony, and I've had a really hard time waiting for the second half of season seven. So I went back and started watching from the very beginning, episode one, season one. And I've never done that before, and it was just so awesome. There was Rick with his getting all emotional when he took the guts out of that zombie to smear them all over him and Glenn. And then Glenn was just being Glenn and shaved with his giant earlobes and Aww. his high-waisted pants and baby Carl and Carol being all scared of Ed and Daryl saying his more lines in the first episode than he does for a whole season later. And it was just so great. And <laughs> I can't wait for the second half of season seven and really looking forward to hearing your podcasts this year and can't wait. Anyway, bye. <sighs> Thanks for calling, that was a Unwin. Quick trip down memory lane there. Yeah, it really was. Oh, back images when, of early when they smeared um, zombie guts on themselves. <laughs> they do that all the time on Fear the Walking Dead, like every episode. Um, <laughs> if you didn't hear our interview with Irony last week, it was really fun. The one thing I wish I could have done but didn't dare do because I know Irony is a religious man was to have him open up the podcast by saying. Fuckity fuck 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 it is T Dog. <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't want to do it. No. Well, I didn't ask him. I I didn't want to be rude. I would have asked Stephen Young. I bet he would have done it. All right, that's it for Listener Moans, Groans, and Grunts. Now it's time for next week on The Walking Dead. All right, next week on The Walking Dead, that is season seven, episode ten. The name of the episode is New Best Friend. And here's the oh. description. I know, it's so sweet. Uh, Here's your new best friend, a nail zombie. <laughs> <laughs> While searching for a missing Alexandrian, uh, who must be Father Gabriel, 
Rick and his group encounter a mysterious collective, its inhabitants unlike any they have ever come across. Dun, dun, dun. Isn't that what we just saw? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> did you see any um, clips? I yeah. did, I did. I saw um, a preview that was on The Talking Dead, and it was the saviors shaking down the kingdom people. In particular, the saviors were shaking down Richard. And, you know, Richard's like had it, to here with the shenanigans of the saviors mm. so richard is was not in a good mood uh and uh, yeah because there, there's got to be something because we know pretty sure that the kingdom will get involved at some point so there's got to be something that's going to yes. happen that this forces is, their hand this is the triggering event is my prediction Th yeah, things okay. definitely go sideways and cool. uh this is it so predictable but okay <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it. That's our show, episode 250. Thank you for listening, everybody. Thanks, everybody. 250, 250 episodes. Ah, that's crazy of just this particular <laughs> podcast. It doesn't count the other things that you do. That's crazy. I know. I, I think in total, I've probably done around 300 podcast episodes. Oh, like just that. 300. <laughs> I mean, this this is the one. This is the main one. This is my baby. This is your baby. <laughs> if, you, if you want to call and be a part of my baby, you can call us at 650-485-DEAD. That's 650-485-3323. You can email us at brains at podcastica.com. You can find us on the web at podcastica.com or facebook.com slash deadcast. Next episode, unlike Rick's crew who are back together, Karen and I are actually <laughs> going to be apart for the next three weeks. Um, yeah, next we week, are. I'll be hosting with Rima Joe, yep. who's one of our longtime listeners, Patreon contributor, Walking Dead fanatic, and a friend of mine. And she's great. And then the next two weeks after that, I'm going to be in London for Walker Stalker Con and on vacation Lucky. too. So Mr. Blog's going to be filling in. Uh, for me Yay! with Karen who's raising her hands up really high and looking way too excited about <laughs> finally someone else <laughs> it's always best when we do it together but it's so fun when we have excellent people to yeah. do this with too I've got some awesome panels in London um, I'll tell you guys about that next week maybe in the news section but I'm totally stoked about this you're a good time uh, don't forget to check our out our Legion podcast about the show Legion on FX my crossover podcast with Jim and Aaron from Bald Move and also our new podcast A Face Project with Natalie Jennings you can find both of those at podcastica.com alright that's it that's our show thanks for listening don't get, get bit, bit. Christina, Christina Wiggins. Wiggins. <gasps>